Welcome to Africa Design, a creative tour of Africa. Yeah, um, and you don't have any questions, first of all? No, I do not. I'm actually interested in seeing where this conversation goes because I've come here with an open mind um, nice. and just seeing where, where this is going to take us. It, it should be exciting. Amazing. Thank you. So we always ask that, ask our guests, uh, what is have, have you got a meaning or a reason behind your name? You personally? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there is, um, but I do not know it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know it. Um, I, and I've actually never bothered to find out um, what that reason is. But but I'm sure, like, as all African names are, there's, there's, there's normally a, a huge story behind it. But I use my dad's name. So um, I, at least for me, that's the meaning as far as it goes. It's it's, it's my father's name. Um, there you go. And a, an, an opportunity for us to extend the lineage and be reminded not to be an embarrassment to the family. <laughs> that's a good, and that's why I also ask for a reason because it doesn't have to just be a meaning. There could be a reason why you were named that as well. So yeah, that's no, I, I, I took, I took on my dad's name. Um, um, my dad is called Ogutu. So I'm called Ogutu as is a lot of the naming culture, you know, out here. Uh, in Africa, you take on your your father's name. Uh, I guess you know, for most of the people, it's just really a, a a lineage thing. So you can know whose children are yours, and so you can know where to pass on, you know, inheritance and and legacy and things like that. Um, uh, why I was given that name, I don't know why he decided to name me his name. I because um, all my brothers have second names. I don't have a second name. I'm just his name, and I've never asked. Maybe that was a good time. If I come to think about it, maybe I should ask and, f- and find out why that is. <laughs> yeah, send him a quick message or give him a call after this conversation yeah. and for next Def- time we'll, we'll have it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, I've learned so much about about names and and the the culture behind them, even in the last few days. So, um, so what about uh, what about Kafunda Creative and the ah, name behind that? So- so this, the the name the name comes. It's it's impossible to talk about the name without talking about the story. Um, so about eight nine years ago, um, I used to live in this little flat. In there's a place called Wandegear, which is like the hassle bustle. It's 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 stuff happens. It's a, it's a campus district, so basically it never sleeps, right? Um, but my friends and I were, you know, of not very good financial means at the time. Um, and, and but would like to, you know, spend a Friday night together, a Thursday night together, hang out, you know, like everyone does. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that we decided to start hang out at my flat, which was the most accessible flat for all of us, was right in the center of town, right? Um, and that flat got called... Kafunda, Kafunda is basically it means, it means like it's little, like locally, like if you are translated. But the culture of Kafunda, uh, like if you look about like the names of what that is, um, if if someone says I'm going to the Kafunda, it's normally like a little place, but also that has become a place that 
is with affordability, uh, a place that has like nice local food, um, a place that ha- serves a lot of local food. Uh, and so like generally with, with that sort of like, um, like history behind it, my flat side being called the Kafunda because it's the place that we used to hang out because it's the place that we could afford, right? It was cheap for us. Um, but a lot of my friends were in the creative scene, right? And and so what happens that oftentimes when we would hang out together and normally someone would say something uh, about their work or stuff like that, and then there'll just be this nonchalant brainstorming about their problem or whatever. Um, and then, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll get a solution. Sometimes we'll just get more questions um, and stuff like that. But it sort of built this nice, interesting community of people around it. Um, and so, you know, one of these nights we're sitting there and we're just thinking and saying, look, I mean, even if it's just for a community of people that you can learn from and you can, you know, brainstorm with and you can collaborate with, it would be nice if this kind of community was extended, right, beyond these walls. And so um, that night we get a piece of paper. We are meeting at the Kafunda. So we call the company Kafunda Creative, right? Uh, because it was for creative people. It was in the Kafunda. But also we wanted to be able to keep that ethos of um, it's a small, it's intimate, it's about community. It's it's a place where you can come as as you are. You don't have to impress anybody. You don't have to fit any social status um, and so we wanted to be able to just sort of capture that ethos in 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 the stuff that we wanted to do, um, and so yeah, the name the name Kafunda Creative stuck, uh, and we started building things around that that would um, help the people in that community be able to overcome some of the challenges we are facing and create a better ecosystem for creatives. Mm. So how yeah. how's that process been then from that? Kafunda apartment and and coming up with that name and knowing that you all have your skills to share. How's that process gone since then? The process has been interesting. It has been a process of learning and failing and stopping and starting um, and just doing stuff and hoping it turns out all right. Some of it did, some of it didn't. Um, and it has been a really interesting journey of just learning what the creative ecosystem is um, and, and, and testing our assumptions uh, around the stuff that we want to do. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I'll, 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 so when we started out, we said, okay, we want to get creatives in the same room um, because, um, of course, we had to define what it is that we wanted to build at the time. Um, and we've been adding to that definition over and over so that we, you know, can can develop something. So at the time, we wrote down that we wanted to build a community of creatives who learn from one another, who grow together and collaborate um, to produce brands, products and services that kick ass, right? Um, and to do that, we said, okay, fine, we need to just go and test this out in the real world. So we developed a campaign called Koi Koi UG, which was just saying, hey, um, at the time, I think this was about two elections ago. And if you're in Nairobi, you know what Ugandan elections can be like. Um, they can be very, very heated, to put it very politely. 
Um, and oftentimes what happens is that the news cycle, the internet, the image, everything that's put out of the country is just those things, right? It's it's the police um, brutalizing someone. It's just, and, and, and even if those things are true, right? Um, it felt unfair that our entire country's image was being judged based on that one section um, of, of the country. So we said we want to go out and put one million great images and stories on the internet. So um, we put out a call. Um, creatives would come, would get together, would get into a bus, would travel We'd go see the country, we'd photograph it, we'd talk to people, we'd write stories. And it was a really interesting campaign at the time. Um, but also, more importantly, what it was is that there were a lot of creatives who were getting together and learning from one another. So people became better writers in the process because, you know, they would, um, you know, sit next to uh, a senior writer on the bus and then they tell them, oh, you know, this is how you write. There are people who came onto the trips and had never held a camera and, you know, became photographers. Yeah, um, um, and so and so that spirit of, of collaboration um, was there. Uh, and, and we started to build this thing out and then we ran out of money and then we stopped, you know. Um, but the learnings from that trip said, okay, fine, you know, we've done this, it's great. Um, but, you know, you start to realize that there's certain challenges that flow through that creative space and you're like, fine, let's, let's you know, let's not just be um, a cool social meetup of creatives, right? Let's, um, creatives are suffering this, these actual problems um let's solve them right and so um you know we realized three problems you know access to skills access to tools and access to markets right it was it was it was it was those were the three things that just kept reoccurring and that were just sort of cutting across and so we set out to say you know these are the three things that we want to be able to solve um and 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 therefore you know we again I, I don't know if it was an evolution um, because we still want to be a community. We still are a community. Um, but from the company side, our responsibility to that community is to skill them and to tool them and to grow top creative talent and connect them to valuable work. So we have, we have spent the last couple of years trying to build uh, you know things around that trying to build partnerships with legal entities so creatives can have access um, to legal if they needed to um, building a marketplace where people can come and um, you know post their work and be able to hire creatives for that we haven't gotten around the tooling section yet because again um, for the many many years our model has been we spend what we make so the programs that we've been running have been off you know the commissions we've been making from the work that we've been getting uh, after we've paid the creatives whatever is left is what we normally put back into programs um but we've run things like creative clinics which is say okay how do we create a an affordable peer-to-peer skilling um program because we know creative skilling is expensive right but also the one that exists on the internet potentially to go to youtube but that's not very contextual uh it's not contextual because a kid in the states 
will be able to get you know the latest camera on credit right um but you here in uganda you're probably photographing with something that's four or five years old you probably don't have uh, the strobe lights and all these things that they're using and therefore it helps to have someone who has been in that scenario who has figured out how to make it work but also there is a thing about um one i, I mean people say it lightly it seems like a buzzword these days but seeing someone who is like you who has done it um and who is telling you about it makes it much easier to learn than when your brain can come up with excuses of all oh, they're in europe or oh, they're what or oh, they have access to this or oh, access to that um and so creating those skilling programs was important for us and and we've been doing that you know for the last couple of years um we've been um running something called the creative sprint that happens at the beginning of every year uh, and the creative sprint basically is a realization that a lot of creatives really know how to create, but they're really bad at business and they're really bad at the things that make businesses run. And and that's even for me as a person, um, it's the realization because my background is a background of a creative. But when I got into trying to manage a company like a Funda Creative, I realized that I had excessive deficiencies in just basic things like corporate communications for example you know knowing how to speak to people uh, about the work that you're doing knowing how to present your work knowing how to market yourself and all these things so we do an event at the beginning of every year it's a three-day conference that is just about saying hey here's the business of of how this works right um and so we 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 have been sort of evolving based on the needs that we've been finding um, with the community in which we have been working. So the community is still there. It's still core to the business. Um, and we just keep saying, okay, you know, what does the community need and how can we, uh, you know, best as a company provide uh, and, and respond to that need? So it's been one of those journeys um, that has been interesting. Of course, if you pepper in COVID somewhere there, then it becomes a, a you know a rather interesting journey because it was such an unprecedented time, but a rather exciting time for creatives um, because you know the world realized that you need creatives um, to keep businesses running in an online era, uh, but also just basically just keep you going as human beings because I mean art and music and stuff was what kept us sane you know during during the pandemic and during the lockdowns, um, mm. so it's been a rather interesting. Um, up and down journey over the last seven years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so a lot of uh, us creatives have run out of money, and you've talked about that, and you've talked about the business side. So, what did you change after you're still around? You're still here. So, what did you change? Um, so we changed our model. So before we we're doing those trips based on sponsorships right um and when that happened we ran of money and 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 were closed for a while um look the sustainable thing is for us to start making our own money it's it's in as much as sponsorships are welcome they're just one of the revenue sources that the business can benefit from right um, so we said, look, we're just going to go out and actually build a marketplace where we can make some money that can allow us to run the programs that we want to run. 
um, and, and and not entirely depend on um, grants or sponsorships to be able to run the stuff that we want to run. Um, so that that's that's what happened, um, and and it's been it's been interesting. Um, it's been interesting just surviving off the money that we make. And just having people who believe in that and say, "Look, I'll I'll, I'll come and work, I'll come and give my time um, for that." So we 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 sort of tweaked. Our, I think maybe the word change is wrong. We 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 adapted our model and said we shall we need to add another revenue source that allows us to be able to run a program or two or three a year, um, even if we're not getting any grant funding. Uh, we've, not, we've not gotten any grant funding before it was uh, corporate sponsorship for the you know the trips that we're doing um, so even if we don't have sponsorship and stuff like that we probably won't be able to run the things at the scale at which we want um, but you know better to reach 10 creatives now um, than to wait and say okay I won't reach this 10 because I cannot reach 100 or I cannot reach 200 because I don't have that kind of budget so yeah and what uh, what do you look like now? What are the core pieces and your processes? So the core pieces for us, um, the marketplace is at the center of what we do, um, and and a lot of the stuff that we're doing is being built around that. And the reason behind that is the realization that one um, for an economy like ours you're always in competition with the person's next meal. Whatever it is is going to put food on the table that day is what they're going to pay attention to, right? And so conversations around skilling and stuff, if they're not solving, putting food on the table today can become very tricky to have because they're not someone's priority. So our relation was that if we're going to skill creatives and, and generally elevate the level of creativity in the country from those skilling sessions, um, we're going to have to find a way to put food on the table, right? And so our marketplace has has three tiers um, in in which people can engage with us, right? Um, it has the poster job tier, uh, which is just basically you want a piece of graphic design, like, hey, can you get me a flyer for my next conference? Bam, we get a creative to whip it out and send it to you. The second thing is what we call Talent Scout, where we attach creatives to organizations. Um, you have a six-month engagement. You don't want to go through the process of trying to hire someone, you know, all this time. So you, you, you do that. Um, and then there's a the creative circle, which is like the uh, response to the agency model. Um, you want a bunch of people, a collective of people to be able to work on your product, your brand and stuff like that together based on your specific needs. And they work on that. And, and that also in turn um maps what our like what our process is so we have something that we call minimum viable skill when you send in your uh, cv or whatever we, we we evaluate you based on that right um do you have a minimum do you have the, the the minimum viability to be able to be put to work um and so when you have that then you can join our ecosystem because the belief is that if you're having work then you're more inclined to say okay you know what i would want to um access the talent scout jobs but those require a you know a certain kind of skill set you have to have gone through certain kind of things and therefore you're more inclined to just 
go into these skilling programs knowing that they elevate you in some way and the same thing with the creative circle so you have that um that growth track um uh going for you so the marketplace is the center and then we build the skilling uh, around that um that we have we're trying to work on entry-level skilling for people who want to do um get the minimum viable skill but also when you get into the system we're saying okay how do we skill you to make sure that you grow that you can take on more complex projects um in 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 the creative scene so we are that's that's how we're built and and somewhere in there god willing um we'll be able to just provide a tool shed where um at a certain level you can be able to access tools that means you know, because you're accessing them at a discounted rate, you're saving more money for yourself. But also even just the ability to do the work now. For example, um, a lot of creatives will get work, uh, but because the the, the, the the corporate world says, oh, it's an LPO 45-day, 90-day payment cycle, um, and yet they have to sort of rent the equipment to do the work, then they either can't take the job or go and get a loan for money, you know, take the job, and they end up making no money at the end of the job because, you know, whatever it is that they're making is servicing the loan. Um, so, you know, being able to provide that tool shed where they can be able to access the stuff, it would be magical, right? Because then it okay. makes more money into the creative pocket. That means the ability for them to take on the work today, right? Okay. Because they know that they have the support tools uh, um, in the system. So, yeah. Sorry, there's a dog barking somewhere in the background yeah yeah um so so you're a two-way marketplace you've got the clients who sign up and you've got the creatives who sign up is that right and yes. then they, they yes, meet we, on your mm-hmm. yes we're a two-way marketplace so yeah um so what happens is we you know provide a a, a platform that people can trust right um because again normally when dealing with freelancers a lot of people have um severe trust issues right in that way um and so having an entity that's registered that's organized that you know you can engage with works you know for for people who are hiring work but also for the creatives because you know, again, the market can sometimes be brutal to freelancers for people taking taking uh, having you do work and not paying you, or you know, and and just those things. Um, they can also trust us to be able to handle that relationship, right? Okay. Um, um, with them. So yes, we're to a marketplace. On one end, we have the client. On one end, we have the create creatives. And um, right now, it works like a concierge system where you bring us a project. And um, we recommend um, the creatives that who have the skill set to be able to do that project, uh, and not just say you know because sometimes, for example, uh, some guys are like oh you know what I want to do some product photography, and then they'll go and find someone who does event photography, right? And the person because again the economy sometimes you know pushes you will say oh you know what I can shoot that, um, but then you know they don't deliver well, and then that reflects badly on creatives. You know, um, and so we we say, look, you'll bring us a job. You'll someone product photographer. We'll find you a product photographer um, who will be able to output that work and give you like you know actual quality product photography. So that concierge system, that being able to know you know who is the talent that we have in our pool, 
who can give you the exact results that you're looking for and, and being able to match you with that talent. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, so you mentioned before the, these three things of tools, markets, and creatives. Was that correct? Was it tools, markets, tools, markets and, and skills? Skills. And skills. Okay. Yes. Maybe you can tell, tell me more about that then, how that fits into your strategy as well. All right. So um, creative education is expensive for most. Most people in this country won't be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. Like actual good creative, actual good film school, actual good uh, photography school, like art school and stuff like that. Most people won't be able to afford it. But the advantage with the creative industry is that it's one of the industries where peer-to-peer learning can be very, very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, because it leans into two things. It leans into um, passion and, and your drive to do something, but it all leans into you. So, so sort of like this natural inkling that people have for things. So, you know, the people will pick up a camera and in two weeks they're taking pictures because their eye just has it, right? And you have to teach them a few things around, you know, the science of pictures and, and, and allow them to understand why their eye is making the decisions it makes so they can make it with, you know, better precision, right? Yeah, but there is that. So uh, for a lot of people, accessing skills has been very complicated. A lot of people drop out because, you know, again, their skill level stops at some point. So for example, um, you can only teach yourself so much on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And and But but if someone has, has been shooting films um, for 10 years, right, there are things that they have learned shooting films that they can be able to pass on to you. Right, uh, and you'll be able to learn, and you'll be able to learn faster, right? So you won't have to spend ten years learning. Um, you'll spend eighteen months learning from this person, and be able to produce quality work. So making skills affordable through peer-to-peer learning um, is really important for us. And the way that fits in is that if we can skill people, um, it's two ways. One, on the baseline, is that you have such a huge number of people with the minimum viable skill that the industry has absolutely no option but to elevate. The only way you you stand out is by being extra good. So just generally, we believe that that can push um, the level of creativity up, right? Um, but also the belief is that it can actually enable us put out better creative work and stop hemorrhaging creative work to um, people from outside so film crews from South Africa or um, you know and, and, and stuff like that uh, if Disney is shooting a movie here why isn't the hugest percentage of crew Ugandans right mm-hmm. um, and the thing is we just don't have the skill set it might be a skill set thing um, so so there is that so so that's why skilling is important um, tools are important of course because I mean tools are expensive um, a good quality camera with a good quality lens or a good quality drawing tab for an illustrator um, is again out of reach for most people right and so um, utilizing economies of scale to be able to um, make those things affordable to more than you know one person um, might might make it easier for people to start their creative practice faster 
right? Yeah. The third one is access to markets. Um, again, most people will have the skill, but they won't know how to put themselves out there, how to talk to the right people. Um, and that's why, you know, marketing is a department in most organizations in itself, right? And, and the expectation that a creative will be a creative, a good illustrator, but somehow also be a superstar marketeer is ridiculous, right? Because the guys who run proper businesses know it doesn't work like that, right? There are certain people who know how to find markets. Uh, there are certain things that go into finding markets. There's, there's money, there's time. And, and a lot of times people don't have that. And so um, being able to say, look, we'll cut that stuff out and we'll go out and sweat and find the market for you um, so you can concentrate on putting out the, the, the work that you want to put out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, how has then your, you've talked a bit about your personal experience, but how has your personal experience as a human, as a, as a um, creative uh, formed what you've learned or what are the things that you've learned that you'd like to share as well? So for me as an individual, um, so I'm a self-taught creative. Um, I've somehow been in the creative space my entire life, but I never went to creative school. The closest I got to that was art school, right? Which, and I was privileged to be able to do that because it has informed a lot of the ways I do things. Um, but I taught myself, so I, I, in, I've always had the thing of creating space for creatives. Somehow, um, I don't know why it just it just seemed like a thing I liked to do. So I was forming bands um, in school, in my O-level and, you know, being part of these productions and stuff like that. When I went to my A-level, it seemed like the space that um, school was saying creativity in the school I was in was really limited. So uh, a friend, me and a friend and a couple of friends said it just formed this new club that was... Um, that opened up this scope and then we'll put out put on this show once a year that people doing all these different things um, and then I went into broadcast right um, I auditioned to be part uh, to be a radio presenter I, I get the role with three other people um, with two other people sorry those two people get a radio show and I'm just seated there and I decide, look, I need to do something with my time anyway. Um, so I walk into the production studio, I learn how to do audio production. Um, and then, you know, that leads to, um, you know, me being part of like the creative team that's sort of building these programs. Uh, and then that's like what, 2009, you know, social media is just sort of becoming a thing at that point And it's intriguing and i'm just like okay you know what um i mean to be able to do this you know you probably need to be like learn a bit of graphic design right uh and i am really tired of asking the people in the big monolithic organization to do things for me because it takes forever so i teach myself graphic design um and then i started doing my own graphic design and and it has always been like that way like every challenge that has come oh i'm doing this campaign so instead of doing the koi koi campaign for example i was not a photographer um but you know the first trip were like all of six people you know and most of us were not 
photographers. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, you know what? I need to learn how to, be, how to photograph. I mean, so I'm not like a huge professional at all these things. Um, but um, I, it just sort of kept, you know, doing that. But also for me, the thing that sort of drove this thing home is that I had all these skills, right? Um, but I was struggling to make money, right? Um, and I was just like, I can't understand how um, I have all these things, but I'm struggling to make money. And, and I did not know how to find markets. I did not know how to find the people who needed my services um, and stuff like that. And I said, okay, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're trying to solve now are problems that I have faced as an individual. Um, and I, I am hoping that by solving them, I can make life for the creatives who come after me a lot easier. I can make them start faster. I can help them make some money and not struggle, not go through the struggles that I've gone through. Yeah. So you've talked about the creatives finding, finding your way into being a creative, teaching yourself how to be a creative and teaching yourself and finding it natural to bring creatives together. So where, who, who should find create, Kafunda Creative? Because it's not just those creatives, right? It's also people from outside design and outside creative who want to find creatives. So who should be contacting Kafunda Creative and where should they be looking? <laughs> Um, so everyone should be, <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's weird. But, uh, I think if you're looking, so Kafunda Creative focuses on five, um, six particular areas of the creative space. I mean, we can't, we can't do everything. Um, so, but we focus on, um, the content areas of the creative space. So we focus on, um, photography, we focus on film. So that's videography. We focus on graphic design, um, illustration, animation, and content writing, both copy and um, short, long-form writing. Um, so if you're in need of any of those services, uh, I think you should reach out. Um, and and, and that's, that's a broad scope of things. It's from trying to figure out your company tagline, for example. We've written a couple of those. Um, to trying to, you know, write your latest newsletter, to um, running um, a PR campaign that requires you to write 20 articles for print and for blog and do photography and maybe do some illustration in between, um, to illustrating your children's book, um, to doing a poster for your next event, to designing your brand, um, so that's the, like the breadth of work that we can do and, and reaching us is very, very easy. Uh, kafunda creative.com that's K A F U N D A and then creative, but with a K that's K R E A T I V E.com. And when you go to that website, you'll be greeted, um, by a phrase, the easiest way to get creative work done, because that's the truth. Um, and then there'll be two buttons, right? So if you're creative and you want to join the ecosystem, you say f there's a button that says find work, right? If you are um, a business um, and you're looking for that, there's a button that says find talent. So you click there, it will take you to a place that has three options. So if you're just looking for a one-off job, um, you want to do it, you're just looking for an illustrator to you know, do your health manual and stuff like that, you see post a job, right? If you're looking for someone to be attached to your organization for months 
or three months, six months, a year, but you don't want to go through the madness of trying to hire someone. We have the talent scout program, right? Where we attach someone. If you're looking for something more complex, you're like, you know, I'm tired of my um, ad agency, uh, or it might even be that, it might just be that the job that you're looking for requires more than one person. So, you know, you need a photographer and a writer and a filmmaker to just go and document the work that your NGO is doing, right? Um, so we'll put together a creative circle for you that will be able to do um, to do that. Um, so it's very, very easy. Once you fill in that form, uh, someone from the team will get in touch with you, confirm the details of your job, and then you know we'll move forward to the next steps of, okay, this is what this job will cost. These are the creatives who will be working on your job. This is how we will be communicating um, and just sort of move it from there on to be able to get your work out. Are there any particular creatives on the platform uh, or within your community who you think uh, deserve a shout out? Who do you, you'd like to um, draw people's attention to their great work? <laughs> I'm sure there are many. Ah, so it's also it's okay like to say no. It's like asking me if I have a favorite child. Uh, <laughs> like, no, not, not, nothing pops off the top of my head. And, and I think the reason that is is that we have such a dive we have 120 creatives on the platform currently mm -hmm. and and there's such a diverse team of creatives um from i mean for example if you just look at the writers for example we have people who can you know write great ads and we have people who can write great like ngo newsletters and they know that field and can whip it out um and so it's very difficult to just say hey i like shout out to this one because we are trying to get people into the element in, on, in which they are special, mm -hmm. right? And and that would mean that I I am thinking of one element as more special than the other, which which is not the truth. So it's very very difficult to to shout out to 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 single people. Um, okay. Yeah, that's very very difficult. Good. But but Good. shout out. Uh, I mean, the team that works behind the scenes, which is um, a bunch of really creative people. Um, who you know work tirelessly to make sure that this stuff moves. Um, the, our creative director Andrew um, Lutakoma, who is a brilliant soft-talk graphic designer, is actually a vet by training, um, but decided he wanted to do graphics design. Um, and so you know we have that. We have Consulate, who is our community lead. I think she's the one who got in touch um, with you. She's a brilliant, brilliant person. Um, we have um, another boy called. Chwezi, um, who is our director of production, again, self-taught, um, filmmaker, music video director, the Photoshop guru, um, but also with, with an absolutely inspiring story of saying, look, I'm not going to um, lean into the cycle in which my family's in. Uh, and I'm going to use the creative arts to pull myself out by the socks. Um, and, and he's doing quite well right now. Um, so, so I mean, just shouting out to those people who whose stories are inspiring for starters, and um, they're motivating even internally, but also just you know make the time and the effort to just make sure that they are giving a hundred percent to try and build an, a, the creative community that they want to see. So. Absolutely. Well done, team. It's always a team effort. It is here as well with the podcast with Nairobi Design Week Festival and the studio. It's always a team effort. So thank you. Yes, thank is. you to the team as well. Yeah. 
So any, any closing thoughts, anything else you'd like to share? No, first of all, thank you very much for having me um, and for introducing me to your community. Um, I'm sure I'm certain I'm going to have a lot of friends, uh, new friends um, from Nairobi. By the time I'm done with this, it's it's exciting to see how, how that happens. Um, I look forward to seeing what this relationship turns out to be. Um, the podcast is just the beginning, so let's uh, see what this happens. But for me, the parting remarks are... Um, one to creatives who are out there um, I think like community is really important and I think let's strive to build communities in which you know our work um, first of all is critiqued it's in the communities in which we grow um, but also communities which you can find but to collaborate with um, yeah so Kafunda Creative is not in Nairobi yet uh, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't stop us from taking um, I mean creatives from Nairobi um, and so if you're a creative from Nairobi and you want to sign up to Kafunda Creative because sometimes we have people come and say oh do you have Africa wide reach and you're like no not yet you know um, so if you're creative in Nairobi or whatever part of Africa will be listening to this podcast um, Kafunda Creative is not only open to Ugandans um, what we're trying to do is build an African creative ecosystem so that um, if we have the ability to be able to say hey someone needs work done in South Africa we can be able to send a South African photographer or a Nairobi photographer we don't have to say oh you know let's get a, a photographer from Uganda to jump on a bus to come and do that mm-hmm. um, because we want to build want, want the, the company is built around local communities and want to be able to do that so just go check out the website sign up um, you'll have a link that says drop your portfolio please just drop it there and whenever we find work that suits your skill set I will be able to send that to you um, so so that's that that's important um, for me to say but also just let's let's keep creating um, it's it's I think one of the most inspiring things for me is taking time off to look at other people's work uh, and um, if the last couple of years have taught us anything is that the world would be such a miserable place um, without art and without people who are taking the time to create um, and I know sometimes art can be lonely and um unsatisfying and a lot of times very bad economically Mm -hmm. Um, I mean part of that is because people don't appreciate art on one hand the other half is because we are really bad at asking for what we are worth as creatives Um, but I just like like keep creating Um, I look at a lot of photographers from Nairobi and I'm just like hey that's pretty cool I'd like to work with that guy um, you know, um, and and it's just from just creating and sharing your work. You have absolutely no idea who your work is inspiring and what difference it's making in the world by you just putting it out there. So um, keep creating, and and you never know things do come out of the woodwork um, when you least expect them. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Totally appreciate it. Cheers. If you have any ideas for episodes we should do, people we should host on the show, please let us know. We're really, really interested in hearing your thoughts. And if you've made it this far, a review would mean so much to us as well. 
on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Or even a recommendation to one of your friends or through a tweet. We hope to get these stories out there to more people. I'm Adrian Jankowiak. This episode was edited by David Kengori with music by Ngala and Mercy Barno. Thank you for tuning in to Africa Design. Thank you.